I would now like to introduce our next speaker, um, Yaku Swanapool, um, who is from APSA, who will be speaking to us um, around cybersecurity. Now, um, linking to Yosef's presentation and specifically the implementation of IoT and how that's going to expand some of the services that we're offering, we know that there is a, a risk um, on these um, IoT devices and, and how we protect our information as well as the networks that they connect to. So we look forward to your presentation. Thank you so much, Yaku. Good morning, my name is Yaku. Um, I've got two IoT jokes for you. The one I can't tell because we've got a recording. <laughs> the second one is that, the, that we say in the security community the S in IoT stands for security. So just, just for some context. Um, I'm, I'm well aware that I'm the guy standing between you guys and lunch, and the only thing that's um, worse than a guy blabbering on before lunch is some guy talking about stuff you don't care about. But I'm talking about cybersecurity today, and I think I want to try and prove to you guys it's something you all need to care about, um, not only in your personal lives, but more so for the companies you work for. So I want to talk about it um, based on, th on three, three things. So firstly, cyber attacks can be very sophisticated. So it's not always um, some Nigerian guy trying to scam you, but it's, it's a lot of times it's governments involved. So it can be sophisticated. Secondly, um, the financial implications thereof can be vast to us, um, which is something you guys will care about as well. And also, it's starting to affect people in the physical realm. So it's not just something happening in a, a virtual layer um, that's not really got an got effect, uh, effect on us, but something that's really affecting us in the a, in a physical, physical world. So I, I want to start, start with a story. Does this thing, yes, this thing works, perfect. So, uh, back in 2017, a Russian government-backed hacking group called Sandworm um, decided to target a Ukrainian um, software company called the Linkos Group. So, Linkos Group, uh, Shmoli's um, software company, um, question is why would Russia target a Ukrainian company? So if you know your geopolitics, you'll know things aren't very well between Russia and Ukraine. So, so Russia decides to, to target this, this company. Um, Linkos Group is a manufacturer of a software um, package called Emidoc. So Emidoc is an um, accounting type software. And although they are a small Ukrainian company, they've got thousands of clients across the world. So what the Russians did in this case is they infected the update server of the software company's um, uh, Emidoc software with malware. So you all know when you sometimes you log into your laptop, one of your applications will pop up and saying, we haven't checked for updates in 30 days, can we please check for updates? And you say yes, this thing connects back to the software company, it downloads a new update to your, to your laptop, installs it, and there you go. So what happens in this case is the Russians infect um, the update server for Linkos, for Emidoc, and after that, every client that's got Emidoc installed gets infected with malware. Um, not only um, are the people who's using the accounting software's laptop get infected, but also this thing's got a worm component, and the worm starts to spread, okay? Meaning that everybody in, well, everybody's got the software installed that's not protected, and also a lot of people in the companies are getting greeted by this message after the update, saying, Oops, your important files are encrypted. If you see this text, then your files are no longer accessible because they've been encrypted. Perhaps you're busy looking for a way to recover your files, but don't waste your time. Nobody can recover your files without your, our decryption service. And they're asking for $300 worth of Bitcoin. Okay? 
So what was this? This was something that researchers called not Petya. Is the malware, so I'm pretty sure all of you are asking now, Yaku, but why isn't it called Petya? Why is it called not Petya? Well, the thing is, the researcher at the beginning thought this was uh, the ransomware strain that was running around at the time in 2017 called Petya. However, this wasn't ransomware. This was a wiper piece of malware that was set to destroy. They're asking you for money, for decryption key, you would pay the money, you won't get the decryption key back. Okay? So this was a malicious act from Russia to send a message to Ukraine and now all these other companies are suffering. So the question is how much uh, Merck, which is a pharmaceutical company, they put out a statement um, in October, so that's a couple of months after the incident, saying um, not Petya had negatively impacted third quarter results, including an unfavorable revenue impact of approximately 135 million US dollars from lost sales and approximately $175 million in costs. So that, that's the, the impact that this Merck company had because they were using this Imidoc software, the accounting department got infected, spread across the network and they, their computers were rendered ineffective. Another company, Maersk, they're a shipping company, so Maersk accounts for about 15% of the world's shipping network. That, that's massive. Um, they said business volumes were negatively affected for a couple of weeks in July and as a consequence, our quarter three results will be impacted. We expect the cyber attack will impact results negatively by between 200 and 300 million US dollars. There's an amazing write-up to go read on wire.com about the not picture infection at, at Maersk. Um, about three o'clock the afternoon, they got hit today. Three o'clock the afternoon, the company closed its headquarters, sent people home because no one could work anymore. All the systems were rendered ineffective. Um, guys at the um, exit of the building had to climb over the turnstiles because the system that operated the turnstiles with the tire cars didn't work anymore. FedEx, another company got effect, affected around 300 million rand for them, uh, 300 million US dollars for them as well. Um, totals, the White House estimated that, that this not picture attack cost around 10 billion US dollars. That was the effect of it. Um, so Merck, remember, they started out saying this, is cost, this cost us 300 million. It ended up being a total of 870 million US dollars. Um, FedEx ended up at 400 um, million US dollars, and also a construction company, Saint Cobain. So, can you think a construction company loses around 384 million US dollars due to a cyber attack because they can't use their computers anymore? Another thing, um, North Korea. So, if you think of who, who's doing these attacks, you've got the Russians, yes. Um, we've got North Korea, who's using cyber attacks to fund their weapons of mass destruction program. So this was in, in the news this week, um, that um, the UN put out reports stating their research is showing this. So North Korea is well known to try and compromise banks, financial institutions, as well as cryptocurrency exchanges. One of the interesting things that the UN notes in their report released this week is that um, a South African financial institution was targeted by the North Koreans as well. So it's called the Lazarus Group. That's the, the name given to the hacking group. Um, there's rumors that I've heard um, that it's linked to one of our banks that got hit, I think it was two or three years ago. Um, we've got a joint cards, joint cash with credit cards in, where was it, Japan? Um, but yeah, so, so the, the union is just saying, so the South African bank got, got hit by them as well. So, so that's what they do. This is how the North Koreans fund the government, by cyber attacks. My point is this, my point is <laughs> we, can't, we, can't, we can't escape this, okay? Cyber is coming. Um, 
financial implications. Let, let's talk about the, the financial implications of this, this a bit more. Yes, so there's, there's a lot of gain for the hackers in, in this as well. But for us as companies, um, there's, there's really something to, to take note here. So this is a tweet from a chap called Dylan, um, well known in the InfoSec community. So he's saying, okay, great. So you hire, we tell you to, to hire a competent information security team. Your response? Uh, we don't have budget for that. We can't do that. So, okay, cool. Then you get compromised and the GDPR folks comes along and they say, okay, cool. We're going to fine you 1.5% of your turnover in fines for each GDPR violation. We find it. And then your response is, we don't have a budget for that either. So, good golly, it sounds like you don't have a viable business plan anymore. So this is a comment from, from Dylan, a bit tongue-in-cheek, but I think he's got a, got a point here. If you look at the news recently, Marriott, so they got, um, got compromised, so hackers were able to steal um, confidential records of 339 million guests. So I don't know how many guests Marriott gets across the globe, but I think that's pretty much everyone who visited a Marriott hotel in the last couple of years. So, so they got compromised and um, the GDPR guys, the regulators said, great, um, thanks for playing, we're going to fine you 100 million pounds for that. British Airways <coughs> was in the news also. Um, they fell victim to a form jacking attack. What is a form jacking attack? Um, is where the payment page, you go onto the British Airways website, you want to book a ticket going down to Durban for the weekend. Um, they ask you for recur card details. Um, guys were able to compromise one of the scripts in the payment page. And every credit card um, number with PIN, CVV, all those things that not, yeah, every credit card number, CVV, um, expiry date, name, those things get inputted in that form gets pushed to, to the British Airways website, so you still get your ticket, but then it gets intercepted and sent off to a third party to go and use on the Sony network to, to buy stuff on your behalf. So um, after that happened, um, just, just to, to put this in context, the malicious script that was got to put onto the website was there for, I think, about two days. Okay? So two days, malicious script, intercepting credit card details. They are getting, uh, well, they've been served with notice of intent of fine of 230 million US dollars. That's the punishment for that. If you say, yeah, that's fine, GDPR doesn't apply to us, Poppy is saying as well, we're going to fine you as well. So that at least it's not that much. They're saying we're going to fine you between 1 and 10 million rand um, for non compliance and also paying money to data subjects to compensate for, um, for the damage they have suffered. So if, let's say, 100,000 of your clients gets affected, the identity is stolen based on this, um, you, uh, you could be forced to, to pay compensation for them as well. Another tweet, this time by a guy called Jake Williams, also a respected guy in the infancy community. Um, he's saying, if you have a business and that business makes money, someone is going to target you eventually. So if you aren't doing cybersecurity because we can't afford it, I have some bad news for you, your business isn't really profitable anymore. So this comes back to the idea that if can you afford not to spend money on it? Is it something you can just ignore and say won't, won't affect us? This slide comes from about two years ago. So um, when with all the big compromises, especially with the rise of ransomware, is the idea that cybersecurity used to be the problem of the IT guy sitting in the, in the, in the corner somewhere. And now businesses are realizing that cybersecurity isn't just an IT problem anymore, it's a business problem. It's something that needs to be taken seriously because the consequences are, are quite great. So some numbers, um, Risk IQ is saying that um, 2018 cyber, uh, cybercrime revenue, so the money that was made via cybercrime, uh, ended up 
at 1.5 trillion US dollars. I'm not, you, know, you guys are the financial guys, you need to say if that's a lot of money or not. It, it sounds, <laughs> a trillion sounds a lot. Um, and they also say, saying back to ransomware, is that the cost of global ransomware events in 2019 um, is going to end up at $11.5 billion. That, that's the cost that companies are going to have to pay, or uh, the, the cost they're going to have to pay to either pay for ransom um, or to rebuild their systems or loss of business, whatever the case might be, to ransomware. Some stats from the FBI. So they've got an internet complaint center, and that's where people can report cybercrime to. So specifically if you're in the US. So in 2018 last year, they said um, they had a total of $2.7 billion losses reported to them via cybercrime. So this could be guys getting ransomware, online extortion, um, hacking, all those other things. $2.7 billion that was reported to them. That, that's quite a, quite a amount. And what's interesting about their stats is the three most top, uh, three most costly campaigns that they got isn't ransomware, things like that. It's business email compromise, romance confidence fraud, or investment scams. So business email compromise, I don't know if you guys watched Card Blanche two, three weeks back. Uh, there was a story about a couple who was dealing with a um, conveyancing attorney. So they, I think they just sold the house. The attorney was supposed to pay them the 500,000 rand from the sale. Someone compromised the email system of either party, we don't know who, intercepted the emails, instructed the attorneys to pay the, the money into a different bank account on behalf of the client, and the attorney did it. Because they received the email they thought was from the client, they paid the 500,000 bucks to another, another um, account, and now the, the client is about his money. Um, if you read, there was an article on my broadband yesterday uh, about a chap he was based here in Santon. He was a Nigerian, well, he is a Nigerian guy. Well, not for long, because the FBI has got him. Um, so a Nigerian guy, he was on Forbes' list of 30 under 30, those, those lists that everybody aspires to be on. 30 under 30, like one of the next um, global financial guys that, that you need to look out for. Um, he was in Dallas in the US, um, and the FBI grabbed him for his involvement in business email compromise scams. Um, next up, romance, confidence, fraud, uh, fraud. I think we all know how does work, that work. You guys are actuaries, you work long hours. There's no time for, for romance outside of the office. <laughs> so, so you get befriended on Facebook by a lovely lady called Betty. And she's from the US. And she's just loving your complexion in the African sun. And she says, listen, I'm going to come and visit you for six months. And as she makes a travel arrangement, um, she can't get a money transfer because she wants to rent an apartment here in, in Santon. So she's asking you, can, can you just front me six months worth of rent for the hotel and pay it into this account? But when I get there, I'm bringing all my dollars with and I'll go pay you back. So you do that because you're in love with Betty. And then Thursday morning at 9 o'clock, you're standing at Oatumbo with your little sign saying, Welcome home, Betty. And who shows up? No one. So that, that, that's one of the top three complaints that the guys in the US are getting. And then investment scams. People contact you on Facebook saying, listen, um, we've, we've dealt with cases like that where a, somebody's Facebook profile gets compromised. They, the hacker or the, the, the bad guy then sends a message from your Facebook profile to all your friends saying, listen, hi, I just figured out this nice investment scam based in the UK. Um, here's the link. Um, and these guys can get you returns of 20%. And people click on it and go there and then they fill in the details and they get enrolled in this entire scam. We need to pay fees. Some cases, people are getting coerced into 
giving these bad guys or the investment guys that you think they are um, access to your online banking profile so they can just transfer the money out into the investment account um, on your behalf and meanwhile they're stealing your money. So, in the interest of lunch, I'm going to skip that slide. So, data breaches. We all know what's a data breach. Uh, data breach is the idea that, that you've got some sort of data in your company and somebody comes by and steals it. Whether that is personal information, career guard details, financial information, whatever the case might be. So IBM, based on their research, are saying that globally, um, the cost of a data breach, if you're a decent sized company and you, are, you suffer a data breach, or somebody steals data from you and this thing comes to light, the cost of that entire exercise ends up around four million US dollars. Okay. So they've got a calculator where they can say you can calculate it for the South African context. So they are saying in the South African context, it's going to cost you around 42 million rand if you suffer a decent data breach. So why does that cost so much? Is because you need to pay things like detection and escalation. So obviously if, if it comes to light that your, some of your data has been stolen, you need to do investigation. Some guys like me um, aren't cheap because we nice, like nice shoes, so you're going to pay for it. So you're going to pay for the forensic guys, you're going to pay for the security guys, um, you're going to pay for notification costs, you need to let everybody know, let your clients know, maybe put out a public statement. Um, there's going to be post-data breach activities you're going to have to do, um, things like um, liaising with your clients, um, people finding into help desk asking what's, what's going on. Um, regular, the regulator might come knocking by, asking what are you doing. Um, and then also lost business cost. If I'm about to book a, f book a flight and I know that it just came to news that British Airways website got compromised yesterday, I'm rather going to book a SAA for this round. And then also what's interesting, so they're saying um, from the data breaches they are seeing is 50% is malicious. So 50% is an external party or an insider guy that's acting maliciously, um, stealing data. And the other 50% is either a system glitch something goes wrong, somebody made an oops, or another oops, which is a human error. So somebody puts your database on an Amazon um, bucket somewhere and they don't protect it. And I, in a, we're laughing, but it happens a lot. And it's unprotected data sitting there. There was an um, article read two days ago about a, a medical company who put all their, their um, medical records on a cloud storage because it's easy access, but it wasn't properly secured, so people could get scan results, the MRI type things, all those things were, were open. So, lastly, so we've seen that it, it can be sophisticated. Um, it's not just the Nigerians. Um, secondly, it's the financial implications of OST. And then lastly, it's starting to affect people in the physical realm. So it's having effects on your day-to-day -day lives, and that, that's when people start to notice. And the reason why I'm saying this is ransomware is a great example. So. The aluminium producer Norsk Hydro, so they're also a um, hydroelectricity plant. Um, they got hit by ransomware a couple of months back. Um, the entire company, the entire production company had to revert back to manual piece of paper and pen procedures to operate because the entire system got whacked. Um, so that, that is a sign that was put on the door. So imagine you walk into the office Monday morning at 8 and that's on the door and it's saying, Cyber attack against the Hydro Network. Please don't connect any devices to the Hydro Network. Do not turn on any devices connected to the Hydro Network. Please disconnect any device, phone, tablet, etc., from the Hydro Network. Await new update security. That, that sounds like a hoax. That's like somebody taking the crap out of you and want to, want to go home early, but it's not. 
So that, that what was on their door. I think it took them a couple of months to regain full, um, get their systems back online due to ransomware. Another one is a city power job. I don't know if you guys heard about it. This happened about two, three, no, that's a month ago. It's a month ago. So city power put out this tweet, um, 8.30 on the morning of the 25th, saying city power has been hit by a ransomware virus. It has encrypted all our databases, applications, and network. Currently, our ICD, ICT department is cleaning and rebuilding all impacted applications. So you see this news when you follow the reports on it, you read it like, ah, sorry guys, tough luck, government, you suck, fix your stuff, doesn't impact me, okay? Then you see the next tweet. Okay. Customers may not be able to visit the website and may not be able to buy electricity units until the ICT department has sorted the matter out, and you'll be updated when you fix it. So if you're on prepaid, you couldn't buy electricity. I don't know if any of you were in fact impacted by this. Okay. And the funny, uh, there was a funny tweet that somebody was moaning on Twitter at City Power, and they, oh, wrong button. So it was, was a lady on Twitter called Haley. She was moaning at them because she, since the previous night she tried to, to, to pay a prepaid. And the reason why things escalated for her is because this is getting ridiculous. We have exotic fish in a fish tank that need to the air filter on. So, so, so poor Ailey's exotic fish were about to die because the electricity didn't work, so, so the fish tank didn't work. But, but that's the thing. So these type of things, it can be a lot more serious than this, but it, it's starting to affect us in our, our, our physical lives as well. Um, in the US, the city of Baltimore, so they got hit by a ransomware attack. Um, so. And what's scary, that, that second line there is, the attack has affected hospitals, factories producing vaccines, airports, and ATMs. So the, the municipality network got compromised, the systems there on got ransomware, and now they're struggling to recover. Um, what's interesting, because this is getting a lot of press coverage, is they put out a, um, a press release saying how much money they've spent on it at that stage. So this was a couple of days in. And at that stage, that, that stage, they had to spend 2.8 million US dollars on forensic guys. Okay, so they got in um, likes of FireEye, um, which is a US-based information security company, to come assist them to get this thing under control, to figure out how it got in, how can we stop it, how can we rebuild. Um, so that's 2.8 million. They spent almost 500,000 um, US dollars on computer technicians to try and to, to reinstall software, reinstall workstations, those type of things. Um, 100,000 US on um, overtime, because now you've got your municipality, you've got five IT guys, and so now you need to get extra guys in, guys need to work overtime, you need to pay them. And also 1.9 million um, on equipment. So dollars spent on the purchase of hardware, workstation monitors, and software related to ransomware recovery. So they had, maybe they had to reinstall a bunch of software, don't have licenses for that anymore, need to pay for new licenses, need to buy new equipment. So that's, so that, that's how they got, at that stage it was five million that they spent already just trying to get things, things back up and running. Um, another interesting one in the state of Georgia in the US is um, police laptops in the cars got affected. So the network got infected, the laptops are connected to the same network, they got ransomware. So the, the police guy driving the cars can't get updates on the laptops, they can't get um, whatever they get, like suspects to look out for, those things didn't, didn't work. Another city, the US are getting hit hard in terms of the cities. And I think this is something we're gonna see this side as well. Um, so the city of Florida, so they paid 600,000 US dollars, they paid the ransom. 
Um, they got properly lamented for it, but they paid the ransom to try and restore this, the, this system, 600,000 US. And then another city of Florida did the same thing. <laughs> and then they fired the IT guy who paid the ransom in that case. So there was an IT guy who, who told his bosses, let's, let's just pay the ransom, and they did. And then the people high up didn't like this idea that they paid for ransom, and they fired him. So I think we've seen this. So cybersecurity is something we all need to, to consider. Um, one fun fact is on that uh, NotPetya ransomware outbreak, one of the companies there, they filed against the cyber insurance policy for it. The insurer um, declined the claim based on the fact because it was Russian government-backed hackers proving a point to Ukraine. So they declined the, the claim saying this was an act of war. So they are in court now at this stage trying to, to, to show this out. But things are very complex. So, so my point is, this is something we all need to take heed of. Um, it's something that, that can affect us all. And also, in a lot of cases, it can be the end of a company if you get hit. Any questions? Yes. Please, please just wait for the mic. Thank you. Thanks, Yaku. Uh, maybe just in terms of the South African context, I mean, there's been a lot of commentary around particularly the government um, mm -hmm. IT infrastructures. I mean, we've seen SARS with their failing ICT systems, um, the general government infrastructure. Uh, would you just say the view is that South Africa is en route for a big attack soon? So I think there's already big things happening. Um, a lot of municipality, municipalities are getting hit, especially by your business email compromise type scam. So not, not full on ransomware where the entire network gets whacked, um, because it feels like usually a government department systems are offline anyway. So, um, no, but so a um, lot, of, lot of those type of scams, when, when the network isn't properly um, protected and people can access the finance systems and interject payments into the finance systems, those payments get made. So there's a lot of those type of things going on, I think, where, where a lot of municipalities are, are bleeding. So, um, I th I th and, I, and I think the, the thing is, so back to the North Korean point or slide where North Korean government-backed hackers targeted South African banks, um, it's, it's a level playing field. Um, so we're just as lucrative um, as anybody else. You can be a, a little small bank. If you've got access to the SWIFT network, you target. Because via the SWIFT network, you can, payments can be made nationally. So, so I think there, there is, uh, we, we, we're just as, as good a target as, as anyone else. So, yeah. Thank you. Any other questions? This one over there. Yeah, thanks for the uh, presentation. Just as a curious question, so the Africa, one of the big things we're trying to promote small businesses mm -hmm. and trying to get entrepreneurship and small businesses going to Africa. But to try to protect yourself for cybersecurity, simple ransomware. It's quite capital intensive. You need to have a good system in place. And it does seem like that'll be an inhibitor to getting small businesses going. Um, do you see a way that a way around how we can support small businesses in, in this problem? And does government need to actually get involved in addition, additionally in this respect as well? So yes, so I definitely think government should be more, or, or there's the space for government to be involved more with small businesses to say, listen, this, this is our, our advice, or to assist these guys saying, listen, this is what, what you need to do to, to protect yourself. So, so the thing is always, it's like when you've got a house. 
you don't want to be the only house in the street without electrical fencing. Everybody around you got electrical fencing. You're not going to be the guy with the picket fence and the open windows. So, so you want to make it more difficult for someone to break into your place than the guy next door. So the same thing for businesses. If you've got um, systems that are not updated, um, lacking security, all those things, you're going to be a target. So, so I think there, there's a lot of work needs to be done. There's a lot of awareness needs to be done. Um, we're not, most of us aren't aware of this type of things going on. We always think this is something going on beyond our borders. Don't worry about us. Yeah, it's, it's not happening here. Um, so I definitely think there's scope for, for government involvement in SMEs um, to say, listen, this, this is a guide or maybe some funding or whatever the case might be to get these guys off the ground. So it's one thing we can help you get a business up, off the ground. But if your online store we've helped you build gets compromised next week and you get fined, then we, we're back to square one. So yeah. Thank you. Any other questions? I have a final question for you. So um, we know that there are a number of attacks currently occurring. However, um, the general public is not always aware of it due to many companies choosing not to disclose it. What is your view on creating awareness um, and forcing companies to disclose to their customers that, that have been exposed? So, so I think so, so. that's something we, we're seeing in the US. Um, companies are, are being proactive in terms of if you get compromised, rather you put out a statement and take it on the chin than waiting and it's going to come out um, six months later that you got compromised and didn't inform your customers. Because the thing is, this can have real effects on your customers. So, so not only if it's payment card data getting compromised, cards getting, um, getting used somewhere else, but if it's personal data as well. If it's, um, let's say, copies of your IDs or your medical records or financial records, whatever case might be, and you could be the victim um, of identity theft. So somebody can get that data and use it to, to apply for credit in your name because they've got your ID and all those things. So I think um, my view would be for companies rather to take it on a chin um, because what, what a lot of guys in the industry are saying, it's, it's, it's the case of it's not a matter um, when, oh, not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you get compromised. So, and what a lot of the guys are saying is whether you're going to get compromised or not isn't the big issue. So if you've got, got bad security, yes, you're going to get punishment for that, but you can have decent security if guys like North Korea is trying to attack you, yeah, a lot of guys will fail. So um, rather focus on how you respond to it. Rather focus on, on how you deal with the aftermath. Are you trying to hide stuff from, from clients that's going to get out anyway later on and make it worse, or do you have a plan in place to say this is how we deal with it, um, this is how we disclose it um, openly and, and take it from there. So, yeah. Thank you so much for a very interesting but very concerning um, presentation. Definitely something for us to think about as to how we protect ourselves, um, our data information, as well as how we raise the concern um, within the organizations that we work in if they're already not spending enough time and effort on, um, on putting the right safeguards in place.